Welcome back to this week's episode of the Seatown Podcast, where Seattle business owners, entrepreneurs, and community leaders are invited on to share their stories with us. If you've been listening to this podcast, you already know that the reason I started it was to help support the community by sharing the stories of local businesses and community leaders, especially West Seattle, since this is where I live, it's where I work. For the holiday season here in December, I really wanted to highlight some of the great local nonprofit groups that are doing uh, some really great work, and so that will be our focus in December. Hopefully these episodes featuring the nonprofit groups will help to uh, make an impression and encourage listeners to get involved in one of these organizations to help those in our community that may not be experiencing the same blessings that we are this Christmas season. Uh, I think that together we can make an even larger impact for the community and the individuals that these nonprofit organizations serve. Today I'm joined by Beto Yarse, who is the executive director of the Seattle-based nonprofit Ventures. Hello, uh, Beto. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah. Uh, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit about what Ventures does and, and uh, kind of a little bit backstory? Sure. Well, Ventures is a nonprofit organization based in Seattle, Washington. So we cover the Puget Sound and King County areas. And what we do, we help low-income entrepreneurs to start their own business. Uh, we've been in business for 21 years, so we were founded in 1995 by Peter Rose, who went to Bangladesh, and he really liked the, uh, the model of micro-lending. So he came back to Seattle, and then he started incorporating the micro-loan program for underserved communities, people of color, immigrants, refugees, a lot of people who doesn't have access to capital. Uh, and then people who live with poverty. But he really had the vision of supporting this community to start their own businesses because he find out that he can alleviate poverty through self-employment, through micro-small businesses or micro-enterprise. <laughs> so over the years, Ventures, we, we were founded in 1995 and our name was Washington Cash, Community Alliance for Self-Help. But over the years, we've been transforming the organization from a micro lender. So we are CDFI, Community Development Financial Institution, uh, through a training program, a training lead organization. And what I mean about that is that we are more focusing more on training and education on how do you start a business and very successfully we do have business developing training programs we have technical assistance ongoing support legal clinics uh, coaching incubators we have three incubators one for retail at pipeless market uh, one for food with a food incubator with a commercial kitchen and a food truck And we recently just got an award to do our third incubator for assistance to services like landscaping, construction, um, all kinds of businesses. They will need some assistance for incubator services. Mm -hmm. And we do still have in micro lending programs like micro loans and access to financial services. But we define the organization as have a lot of different resources to support the entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like an overview, uh, and I can give you a little bit more details of how do we do the whole process of incubation for a business. So just let me know if you want to know more a little bit about that. Okay, okay. So how, how, how long have you been working as the executive director, and how did you get into uh, this organization? 
Sure. I've been as an executive director for two years and a half, uh, but I've been with the organization for almost nine years. And the reason that I get involved with ventures is because I'm on a micro-enterprise development business. So I start, I'm an immigrant from Mexico, mm-hmm. and I moved to the United States 13 years ago with a lot of ideas, with dreams, looking for new opportunities. So we call United States the land of opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I came with that ideas and with those purposes of start my own business. Uh, so I start my own business selling jewelry and folk art from Mexico at farmers markets. And I was able to grow my business I, I really understand the challenges as an entrepreneur from another country and an immigrant. And then I started volunteering with an organization called Casa Latina and helping their clients there on how do they start their business. And then after five years with my business and volunteering with Casa Latina, uh, I find out about ventures and they find me basically to start working with them as a lead for the Latino program. So I help them to create the whole Latino program. Basically, all the programs that we offer in Spanish, mm-hmm. uh, I was able to help the organization to, to grow those programs and actually found them and create them. Um, so then I've been in at four different positions before I became the ED. So I know the organization very well. I'm very passionate about the mission. I know that we need to do a little bit of more work of this to sell, uh, to support entrepreneurs, especially low-income entrepreneurs, and to help to alleviate poverty. Mm-hmm. That, that's awesome. Um, I ended up you know, running into a couple people that are on the, the board ventures, which is how I heard about it, and... Uh, and I, I really was really compelled by you know the model of uh, helping people start businesses who don't necessarily have the experience, the capital, you know, education, the opportunities that maybe your your more you know middle middle class America might might have you know make, which makes it a little easier to start a business obviously you know um, and I thought that was that was really uh, really cool really compelling I mean so so you mentioned that you started the uh, the Spanish speaking portion of the training and stuff how, how many different languages is is the training provided in the only languages that we offer right now is english and spanish okay but culturally appropriate even the the trainings that we have in english they are culturally appropriate for other communities okay so we definitely my team and i we get trained uh, and then we want to know about the other communities before we just start offering a program. Mm-hmm. So that's the whole idea and our strategy when we go and start recruiting other clients for other communities to make sure that we respect them and we understand them. Sure. And then our programs are culturally appropriate. Okay. Now I have a, you know kind of a, a general idea of you know how the programs work and, and uh, the steps and stuff, but maybe take me through you know. How do people find you know, out about ventures and then see if it's a good fit for them? And then, you know, what, what's that uh, progression look like as far as the, the courses offered and, um, and that sort of thing? Sure. Uh, so the way that we work is like people know about us through word of mouth. So over the 21 years that we've been working with these communities, we have been able to create a lot of success around and 
clients of ours, graduates, have created their own businesses very successfully. So everybody recommend Ventures to a place to go if you want to start your own business and you qualify for the programs. So we start what we call the Get Ready for Business Workshop, mm -hmm. which is basically uh, one evening, about four hours, uh, of who we are, what we do, where we get our funding, what these programs are, uh, affordable for those communities. So it's subsidized by the government. We have foundations. We have our own fundraising efforts. So people make sure that people will understand why we exist. Mm -hmm. And then we also cover some specifics about what it takes to start a business and what do they need in order to qualify for our programs. Mm -hmm. And we have three specific things that our clients need to know. It's they have to be clear about one idea because one entrepreneur, you have many ideas and if you don't sure. focus, it's hard. Yeah. And I'm one of them. So if you don't focus, it's hard to put all your energy out of that. Yep. So the second one is that you have some experience in the industry that you want to launch. Uh, let's say that you want to do have a massage therapist uh, business because you think that it's awesome to help someone to feel better. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have experience, how are you going to manage that business? Sure. And you're probably going to say, well, my uh, nephew is just graduated from the school and I'm going to run the business. Uh, I think you need to know a little bit more than that. Yeah. And then the third one that you need to be low income based on the on the King County hat. So the, 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 what we define about low income is like a family of three living with $20,000 a year, sure. which is like very shocking when you see how a family of three is living with 22000 in this city that is super expensive. Yeah. But we have a lot of people who live like that, so oh, that's, that's what is shocking. Yeah. It is crazy. So that's what we're always looking for people who make sure that people understand what is low income looks like. Mm -hmm. So after the... GRB, the Get Ready for Business Workshop, so people can apply for the next step. So if you qualify with those three things, you can apply for a spot uh, for our business developing training program. We call it the BDT, which is eight weeks, and we cover marketing, financials, and operations. Very comprehensive. We create our own curriculum over the years. My team is very smart, and they have created really nice curriculums to make sure that our clients feel empowered, they feel supported, and they understand the basics of running a business. Basically, they, when you complete that eight-week program, you have a business plan with your financials, with your marketing plan, with your operation plan. And it's very fantastic to see the, the grow of our clients over the eight weeks, mm -hmm. because you see how they grow and they believe on themselves. It's not just that they complete and they know about a business plan. They also start believing in themselves because these are communities that many times people tell them, you cannot do this, but we empower them. So after that, after the eight-week graduation, people have access, and that's the beauty of our program, and it's very, very unique because people um, have access to advanced services. And advanced services is like what I was describing earlier. So we have ongoing support, technical assistance, coaching, we have legal clinics, 
we have financial management training programs for 14 weeks where you will learn about your personal finances, but also your business finances and combine that and learn more about how do you manage your money better okay. and your, how do you get wealth. Yeah. And then we talk about advanced marketing, advanced operations. We offer uh, the incubation program with the store at Pipeless Market for retail businesses which is access to markets. So we have access, we have a store and people can sell their products there, but also we coach them about packaging, marketing, how do you do go wholesale, how do you get another account, and that's fantastic. And the other one is the, the food incubator where we have the access to commercial kitchen for discounted price. We have access to the food truck, which is like a full equipped food truck with all the license and permits that people or clients can just rent it for $100 per day and they can take it out and see if it's a good fit for them without without them spending $50,000 on a food truck sure. before they find that it's a good fit for them. And the third incubator that I just mentioned and that we're creating our own platform kind of like our own Angie's List for ventures, so where our clients can put their business, service businesses online, okay. and that will be access to market for them. And the micro lending program that I was mentioning, we have loans up to $35,000, from 1000 to 35000 So uh, different programs like a credit card to help you to improve your credit score. Mm -hmm. We have an individual development account, which is a... Uh, accounts that people can we match money if you save two thousand we match you with another four thousand and we have a lot of different programs to empower these communities and i can go on and on and on yeah. to the different programs that we create over the years but those are kind of like the most important programs but again my team is super smart and super innovative and we always creating new things to support our clients and to help them to grow their businesses Sure. It's awesome. I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, I mean, it's first Thank time I've, I've heard of a program like this, but I mean, it, it makes total sense. I mean, no matter where you are, you know, uh, economically, people have good ideas and, and to be able to empower them to, to then launch those and help get themselves and their family out of poverty. That I'm sure the pride and satisfaction that comes along with, with that. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, definitely. It's like uh, we do a hand up not a handout. Sure. And I, a lot of our clients, they re definitely need uh, basic assistance, like a specific needs for them to get on their feet. But we are the organization who help them to get a plan mm -hmm. and move forward and move out of poverty with more sustainability. Sure. Now, it sounds like there's a lot of moving pieces with you know, an organization like Ventures. What, uh, what's been most challenging for you or for the organization? Um, you know, in, you know, from when you came on board to, to where you are now? Sure. I think, uh, as you mentioned, it is a very unique organization because we have a lot of different programs and it's hard to understand what we do uh, because when you call, when you say, oh, microlender micro or SBA lender or CD5, people think that we just do loans. Mm -hmm. But we do more than loans. We do the whole technical assistance and ongoing support. And the more challenging part is to make sure that our founders and our individual donors and the people who believe on our mission uh, understand that this is a long-term 
process for our clients. So the return of the invest is there, but it takes a little longer because we are dealing with a population that is underserved, mm -hmm. that has been in poverty for generations, that they will take a lot of our services and our efforts for, for them to, to become successful. Mm -hmm. And, but it's not that long compared if you compare to other services that is just a handout. Sure. So at least we have uh, data that we accumulate and we see that after 18 months of helping a client that has been working with us, they increase their income 40% and they are of uh, public assistance, which is not too bad if you see it, at least we're breaking the cycle of that uh, poverty. And of course, some of them, they became more successful than other ones. And, and again, success is different to everybody. Sure. So that's how we do it. So yeah, that, to make sure that people understand that and then the, the sustainability for the organization. Mm -hmm. So always like the funding is a, it's a it's a challenge for every nonprofit, yeah. but for us, it's kind of like making sure that people understand that their investment is in a good use, but it takes a little bit longer. Sure. It's not an immediate, it's not like a, when you are looking for shelter, you're immediately solving the problem to provide someone shelter. Sure. This is a longer process. Sure. Where, where does a lot of the, the funding come from? We do have different sorts of income. We do have federal grants, which we always been very successful with federal grants and private foundations, and then also local grants from the city, some from the state, from the Department of Commerce. Mm -hmm. We do also have, we generate our own source of income through our store, and then we charge to our classes, so they generate a little bit of income. We do generate a little bit of income through our loans as well. Uh, we have our own fundraising efforts, which is something that we feel very successful about 2016, because 2016 was historical for the organization and we were able to double our fundraising efforts. Nice. Uh, so we we had a goal and we doubled it in 2016, So, which I'm very proud of the fund development department. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was a lot of hard work, but we did it, and it's always been a challenge for us to, to do fundraising, again, because the nature of our, our mission is a little different, yeah. so and we don't have a big pool of individual donors, but we're getting there, mm -hmm. so it's, it, it feels good. Yeah. So That's great. Um, I mean, kind of going back to that, that question of, of success, I guess, you know, metrics as far as, you know, when you know things are effective or could be more effective, I mean, what, what, what are kind of those standards that either, either the, the funders look for or, or you guys look for internally as far as, hey, we're, we're accomplishing our objective with where people are going in their businesses? And... Yeah. So, again, we've been in business for 21 years, so then it's not easy to stay in business as a nonprofit if you don't accomplish yeah. your goals yeah. and many of our founders they're been investing with us for a long time and that's because we do accomplish based on our, our the impact that we're doing mm -hmm. in our community but as I mentioned before so one of the big impact is like after 18 months to serve a client they are able to uh, increase their income 40 percent 
and then go out of public assistance, which that's great for us. Yeah. And then also, like, we serve about, like, 800 clients per year. Uh, and then that's uh, that's a huge success for us. Mm-hmm. Like, just to give you some data, it's, like, 70 71% of our clients are people of color, 68 are women, 30% of our clients are Latino, uh, and then 98% of our clients are low income, and then low income means like family of three living with less than $22,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the whole idea is to help low income entrepreneurs to become successful, but success is case by case. But at the end of the day, we see the, the big approach of the work that we do is how many of those individuals are getting out of poverty and how many of them they are growing their business through sure. the help of ventures and through the whole programs that we offer. And the big, big number that we use is the, the after 18 months, 40%, uh, our clients increase their, their income from 40 by 40%. Okay. So that's something that we use a lot. Uh, we use uh, measure other different things based by the pens of our, our needs of their funders, depends on the micro lending program. So I could give you a lot of data reports, mm-hmm. it depends on the grants that we receive. But for us, it's like how many business we were able to help, to grow, and how many of those 800 clients became successful. And again, success is case by case. Sure. I know a lot of people have started several businesses, you know, uh, a lot of times you learn through your failures, you know, and eventually you get to success. But I mean, even if that's the case, I'd, I'd imagine for for your clients, you know, people you guys are helping that just the fact that you're able to give them a whole bunch of life skills to, you know, to make that transition easier or, you know, go from one business that may not be the best fit to move on to something else. Like they're not going back into poverty, you know, uh, that's, uh, you just mentioned something that we actually in 2017 based on our strategic planning for the next couple of years, we're going to start measure better, uh, we are an organization that we just focus on how many business we start or how to start. Sure. So we haven't not really measured of like the life skills that you just mentioned. So many of our clients, after the eight week or the business development training program or maybe a little longer, they decide that entrepreneurship is not a good fit for them. And that's okay. But after they've been uh, learning and getting more uh, life skills or technical assistance, Mm-hmm. They became better employees, sure. and they are able to grow their income based on the new uh, skills that they are getting yeah, by your training. That's great too, so, yeah. And that's really great. So we're going to start measuring that mm-hmm. next year to see how many of our clients who decide not open a business get a better living wage, uh, and then how do they get better employees, and how do they get grow as a professional development mm-hmm. and then get our jobs. So that's something that I'm very curious to see because we kind of know because we have a really good relationship with a lot of our clients and they come into the office and say, you guys help me a lot. I'm not starting my business, but now I'm the manager of the kitchen and I was just a cook. Mm-hmm. And that's max fantastic yeah. because from uh, $9.99 per hour, now they're $50. So mm-hmm. it's a huge increase, increase. And that's alleviation poverty as well. Sure. That's great. Uh, what what do you love most about uh, about your role in, in ventures and what you guys do? Oh well, it's hard, but you know my our clients are fantastic. You know they are so inspiring. As an entrepreneur myself, I see 
every time that someone walks into the door where we are doing a get ready for business workshop or a graduation and I see those clients and the transformation and they're eager and they have their families and they want to provide better and they have the dream to send their kids to college or they want to buy a house to provide better uh, shelter or they want to go on vacation because their kids never see the ocean. So you hear so many things. I've been here for nine years and I have yeah. seen all kinds of different stories. And those are the positive, but also it's like the challenging ones. So when you hear like someone is going to be deported or someone is going to be about to be homeless because they don't have money to pay the rent. Oh, it's both are, they both fit me, you know, like the ones that they are success as a nice story to tell is just like, oh my God, they made it. But the other ones also make me feel that I need to advocate and I need to continue working with the community to make sure that these people and these underserved communities get what they need in order to be successful and then help them to grow and help them to feel secure about themselves. So those are clients. And, you know, I can talk about clients because I relate to them as an immigrant. And one once in a time when I just moved, I was low income as well. And I have to work as a waiter and a nightclub checking IDs and, and in the meantime I run my business. So I know how it is. But also the team that works at Ventures, the whole team from the board to the staff to everyone, it's so awesome to see that everybody who joined the team have the same passion yeah. for what we do. So Ventures is in a really good place right now as an organization. And I see the whole spectrum, clients, team, board, the community, and so it's it's a very tough question because, you know, like when you say, what is the, bring me a lot of uh, passion, is like, yeah, entrepreneurship is something that it passion me a lot, it makes me a lot of uh, excitement, yeah. but the people that I work with and the clients and the team and the board and everybody, mm -hmm. so it's a great team, it's sure. a really great team. Sure, that's, that's great. Um, what are, you mentioned that, you know, you're an immigrant from, from Mexico and you get a lot of, uh, minorities and stuff, you know, that are, that end up being part of, uh, the program. What are some specific challenges, uh, that, you know, either you faced, you know, as a, a new immigrant here to the country or that is just generally a uh, true experience for, for immigrants, uh, coming, coming to America or, or trying to find work or whatever? Sure. I think one of the biggest challenges is like a, it's not like a school to be an immigrant. So you decide because you are looking for a new opportunity and you know that you are capable and you have, you want to do something good. That's what the reason that you are deciding to leave your home, your comfort zone. And it's kind of when you are getting a new job, right? You're deciding to get a new job because you want to do, you want to be challenged. You want to learn, you want to make more money or what you want to have better benefits. So everybody has their own story behind it. The same as an immigrant, so you leave everything on back home, your language, your food, your family, your climate, everything. Mm -hmm. And then when you move to the new country, it's not any place that you can really go and navigate the system. How do you learn to navigate the system? Sure. So something that I always been a big advocator for other nonprofits and other government and things in my area is like how do we empower and learn and teach these new immigrants faster than because they came 
and many of them they are they lost a lot of time like it, it, I know people that have been here for 20 years and they don't speak English mm-hmm. and so how do that can happen so how do we don't and they don't speak English because they are under comfort zone still or because they didn't really understand how to navigate the system mm-hmm. So for me, it would be very fascinating, and I have seen it, when people move and then you put it in an immersion. And I see communities that do that, like the Asian community is very well organized, and that's what they do. They, the whole community invests on the education and at least put people first to learn English on the first year. And after that, they give back to the community because they know how to speak English and they are better when they speak English. And that's just one example. Okay. So as an immigrant, I think the challenges is that sometimes we don't know how to navigate the system and it takes us too long if you don't know how to do it, if you don't have the skills. So it's case by case again, but I know many of the people that move, they have a lot of low income back home and their literacy is not very high. Mm -hmm. So that's where we, I think we need to invest a little bit more of that. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. It's not really something I've, I've thought about too much. I mean, even if you do, you know, you are part of the culture. You understand, you know, if English is your first language. Like, it's still not easy to navigate the system yeah. of starting up a business, let alone, you know, going through the immigration process and starting a business in a country, a different language. Like, yeah, I imagine it'd be very difficult. Yeah, and imagine if you have kids and you want to register from school mm-hmm. and. You need to go even do grocery store. I remember when I just moved here, the way that I was doing groceries, it was different than the way that I do it. And I'm, I'm from a big city. Mm-hmm. I'm not from a small town, but it was different. Yeah. So even to find like a food that you want to eat, it's everything in English. And I speak the language, but it was overwhelming. Sure. Sure, I imagine. So, that's that's quite challenging, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's not impossible. Yeah. In the, you know, nine or, or ten years you've been with with the organization what's what's the best advice that you've ever received that's that's helped you i don't know either you know be inspired or or really help you with you know with the mission their adventures uh, i have had a lot of mentors here like really good people a previous executive director who was my mentor she's great she's an amazing person she taught me a lot of different things that I know in the, in the nonprofit sector. And then something that she always keeps saying, like, don't, you never stop learning. So professional development is so important uh, for you to continue growing. And I'm a natural entrepreneur, so I love to continue to be challenged all the time. So I think for me, professional development is so important. Um, and then that's kind of one of the big advices that I received from her a long time ago. Like continue always educating yourself. And another thing that I also helped me to be in this position or helped me to to grow is to understand what a network means. Mm-hmm. And we call networking, right? When you want to grow your your abilities to have more connections, whatever to help you, that you can help them to achieve their goals so that they can help you and then it's a community. Mm-hmm. So for me, community and network is very important because a lot of the things that I have accomplished is based on my network. Okay. 
and you call them friends, family, the family that you create as an immigrant here, you call your co-workers, your partners, other communities, other non-profits that they do the same kind of work that you do. So those are kind of the like two things that, that resonate me the most, like network, networking, and professional development. Okay, great. Now, if, uh, if my listeners want to know more about ventures or get involved somehow or you know, refer someone to, to your program, what's the best way to do that? Uh, well, we have a website that is very easy to navigate. We have all our programs and everything that we do and our stores and the food truck and everything. How do you find it? Everything is on the website. So it's uh, venturesnonprofit.org. And then also people can call the office if they want to know a little bit and talk to someone. And the number is 206-352-1945. And we are very active on social media with our Facebook. And you can find us on Ventures Nonprofit on Facebook. And that's what we post all the time about our clients and events and what's going on with ventures so we're very active on that so three things the website venturesnonprofit.org facebook ventures nonprofit or by phone 206-352-1945 okay sounds good well thank you very much for your time beto it was great you know chat with you in uh, in person finally and uh, hearing more about ventures and, and what you do there it's uh it's awesome i, I anticipate i'll probably be getting more involved uh, as well. So I, I love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much, Chris, for making this effort. I really appreciate that you, as business owner, they're creating these kind of uh, opportunities to talk about why it's important to support nonprofits and the work that we do. I really, really appreciate you. Uh, happy holidays, and, and I hope that you have a great time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the C-Town Podcast. Make sure to check out our guest's website, support what they're doing, and show them some love. If you liked what you heard on this podcast, let us know by writing us a very nice five-star review on iTunes and subscribing. If you want to hear more episodes or find out more about the podcast, you can go to our website at ctownpodcast.com. That's S-E-A hyphen townpodcast.com. You can also find out more about me and other projects I'm working on by visiting ctown.com. Today's intro and outro music is courtesy of the Fascination Movement. You can find their albums in the iTunes store. The Seatown podcast creator and host is Christian Harris. This has been a Seatown Media production. Seatown.